Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Off day for the Flyers, but time for episode number nine. Here we go. Yes, indeed, and welcome to episode number nine of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. What's going on, everybody? It's an off day, and uh, the Flyers will be back in action coming up on Thursday when they take on the New Jersey Devils, and they are still fresh off that 3 nothing win over the Detroit Red Wings. Now, action on Tuesday night has once again jumbled the standings. This is Flyers Daily, so we give you the up-to-date view of what's going on with the team, where they are in the standings, what the situation is. The Flyers are on pace for 101.5 points this season. In the NHL, a team that has had at least 100 points has never missed the playoffs. Now, what do they got to do to keep pace? They obviously got to keep winning and taking care of uh, teams that they have to beat in the standings like they did against Detroit and like they need to do coming up on Thursday against the New Jersey Devils, who are not a good hockey team. Now, they're a dangerous hockey team, but they're not a team that the Flyers should struggle with, especially given the situation. The situation is you have to beat the teams you are supposed to beat, and the Devils certainly qualify for that. They're the second-to-worst team in the Eastern Conference with 45 points. They've only got 18 18 wins this season, and on the road, they are 11-15-0. They're actually better. They have more wins on the road than they do at home. They're 7-9-9 at home and 11-15-0 on the road. They're minus 48 in their goal differential. They're 3-4-3 in their last end. They've lost two straight, but we'll see the Devils at the Wells Fargo Center coming up on Thursday night, and we'll get you ready for that coming up in the episode uh, day of game coming up on Thursday. But today, Let's look at the effect of the standings. Well, let's look at the scoreboard first and the effect of these games, the games of consequences, I tend to turn them. So here's kind of what went down on Tuesday night, games that made some impact on the standings here in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins, not much impact here. They're the number one team in the Atlantic Division, but they did beat the Canucks at the TD Garden 4 to nothing in that game. Tampa Bay Lightning ended up beating the Golden Knights of Vegas, 4-2. to two. They're in the number two spot in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. And then the Montreal Canadiens beat the aforementioned Devils 5-4. to four. They got it done in a shootout. That's one of those three-point games that I hate, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But I hate these three-point games. Had the Devils been in the mix, it would have been more problematic. They're not, and I don't know that the Canadians will be either. We'll get to how much that helps the Canadians coming up. Now, speaking of OT and three-point games, how about the Islanders? They go to OT, and they end up beating. They get the two points over the Dallas Stars, so the Islanders collect two points. The Caps got a 4-2 win over the Kings. Caps top spot in the Metropolitan Division. I don't see that changing. Um, The Blue Jackets and Panthers, though. Now, this is one of those games and a prime example that you do not want want to see go to overtime these are two teams that the flyers are battling with for a wild card spot or a top three spot the division in columbus and the game of course what does it do it goes to overtime and to couple that make it even worse the team in their division the columbus blue jackets ended up getting the overtime win zach warinski scored one nothing was the final in the game a good, very well goaltended game obviously uh, sergey bobrovsky 44 saves um to get uh in a losing effort in overtime and Elvis Merlickens 32 saves gets the shutout for Columbus and they get the two points but the Florida Panthers also pick up a point 
Good news here for Flyer fans. One of the teams they're battling with, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're on the road in St. Louis, and St. Louis doubles them up 6-3. to three. So what's the, what does it mean? What kind of damage has been done by this? Well, let's look at the latest standings right now on the wildcard positionings here in the Eastern Conference with all that went down on Tuesday night. I mentioned... Uh, Boston won. They have 76 points. Tampa won. They have 71 points. Florida lost but got a point, so they maintain their position now in the third spot in the Atlantic Division. So let's go to the Metro. The Capitals won, so they're in good shape, still at the top of the standings with 77 points. Pittsburgh was idle tonight. Okay, so Columbus, they get the one nothing overtime win. They pick up two points, and it jumps them up to 67 points now uh, for the third spot in the Metro. They're only four behind Pittsburgh at this point. I, I just can't see how this team can maintain what they're doing, but it's been going on a while. I mean, 13 games since the new year, and they're 10-3. and three. Just unbelievable what they're doing. The Islanders got that win tonight as well in overtime. They now jump back into the playoff picture with 66 points. Coming out of the playoff picture is Carolina, 63 points. Uh, the Flyers still now, they were wild card number one going into Tuesday. They are now wild card two. They're two points up on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they've each played 53 games, so no games in hand. And they're two points up on the Carolina Hurricanes, and they've played 53 games. So those three teams, all with 60, well, Flyers with 65, and then they the Canes and Leafs, they've all played 53 games. Now, the team the Flyers are behind by a point. That's the Islanders. Uh, they have 66 points. They played two less games. So the Isles do have two games in hand. We'll see what those turn into, if they turn into wins or what have you. Columbus, with that 67 points, has played 54. So the Flyers, with a win on Thursday, and if Columbus, I don't know, I got to check Columbus's schedule, but if they don't play and the Flyers get a win, they would obviously be tied with Columbus in points, but still not have the tiebreaker. The key, again, is beat the Devils, beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and make it real simple. Okay, so the three-point system in these games, it makes it very difficult for teams that are pretty far back in the standings. Not really far back, not where you would traditionally be, like, way out of it. But it makes it so much harder for those teams to climb the standings, leap over teams, when you have all these games that go, that hand out three points. So what I want to do tonight, real quick, in honor of the uh, State of the Union address... I want to do a little state of the union on the NHL. So I, I love looking at this stuff. So I wrote down a list here of positives and negatives about the state of the NHL. So let's start with the negatives because <laughs> it's always easier to start with the negatives. Um, and I'll go right to what I'm talking about. The point system. I hate the three point system. You should not get a point for losing a game ever just because it went to overtime. I don't like it. I, I know some people are advocating the three-point win in regulation to entice teams uh, to get pick up more points as a game winds down instead of just trying to get it at overtime and get it to three-on-three three and take your chances. So the point system to me, negative. Um, the shootout. I hate the shootout. Now, you would think I would like it as a goalie because the goaltenders are about 82%, 85% stop shootout attempts. I still hate it. It's just gimmicky to me, and it's something that I don't love. Um one thing that's bothering me a little bit, too, is the lack of storyline around the NHL. You have some rivalries that are great, like the Flyers-Pittsburgh. That's still a good rivalry, but that's because you have Crosby and Malkin, and there's a lot of history there. But what happened last week in Alberta between – last couple weeks, I should say – between the Oilers and the Calgary Flames and the Battle of Alberta was tremendous. There was an old-time feel to it, but not that old, like early 2000s and late 90s where Cassian and Matthew Kachuk got in that 
scuffle because of the couple of hits that Kachuk laid on um, Zach Cassian, and then it turned into this big anticipation for the Battle of Alberta that happened, and then a home and home, and it was great. And then there was a goalie fight. Cam Talbot went out stupidly, went out by the way, and fought Mike Smith. That's the last guy I would go to the red line and drop the drop the blocker and glove with and, and want to throw down with and Mike Smith. But that storyline was tremendous. It was great theater. And I guarantee the ratings across Canada and uh, across the United States for a game that normally nobody would give one-tenth of you-know-what about actually cared about it because there was great storyline to it. The NHL needs a little more of that. And I'm not advocating going back to, like, drop the puck, drop the gloves, and everybody starts brawling because that's not what the game is about anymore. Um, another negative, when players get offended after they get get a big, clean hit against them. Hits are part of hockey. I hate when there's a good legal hit in a game and everybody takes offense to it just because it was a good, clean hit. So that bothers me for some reason. Goalie interference, I still don't know what it is. bothers me. Offsides, um, the fact that the skate has to be on the ice as opposed to just it being behind the line. There's an imaginary line to me that should go from the blue line to the ceiling. If any part of that skate is beyond that imaginary line, it doesn't need to be on the ice. It just seems dumb to me. Um, some people say the game on TV. I don't mind the sport on TV. I think it's great. I know it's great live, but to me, I think they've done a good job of presenting the game on TV. All right, now the positives. we got the, the negative stuff out of the way. Again, this is the state of the NHL as I see it. And I would love for people to, to weigh in on Twitter and see if they agree or disagree with some of the ones I have here. You can hit me on Twitter at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. All right, the positives. The speed and skill of the game right now is unbelievable. That there's You have four lines of guys that are incredibly skilled. You have incredible speed and talent and and it's younger, so it's even more creative, and kids are at younger ages are more prepared to make that jump to the NHL, and to me, that is tremendous. I think that's a great part about it. Um, the salary cap, to me, is a huge positive. It has evened the playing field in the NHL so that there is a lot of parity. You don't get the super teams. You really can't put together a super team. Now, some of the same teams stay at the top of the standings for a long period of time. I mean, seasons, like a team like the Boston Bruins or like the Washington Capitals, but they build a foundation to be able to do that. You have to draft, develop, and extend those players, supplement with some free agents, and keep a constant steady supply of young players coming up that aren't making much money. And if you run that system correctly then your team will be in the mix, not for a year, but for multiple years at Stanley Cups and in the playoffs. Uh, next one, um, the sport's great live. The live experience at an NHL game is still tremendous. Uh, the lottery system is another huge plus. The fact that they got it right where teams tanking only get about an 18 and change chance of landing the number one overall pick, and we've seen several times where teams that weren't mathematically had high high chances of getting the number one pick, get it. And the only problem with that, though, has been that teams like Edmonton have gotten it three times. Uh, you look at the New Jersey Devils. They got it two times in the last three years, picking up Nico Heischer in the 2016 draft or 15 draft, and then last year getting Jack Hughes. The guys, of the, the players in the game are tremendous guys. They're salt-of-the-earth guys. Easily, in my career doing sports, and that's 20-plus years now, the players that have been the best to deal with from a media perspective or interviews, whatever you want to call it, the hockey players are always incredibly easy to deal with. 
not not that way with some in baseball. I'm painting with a broad brush here um, in the NFL or in basketball. But I will tell you that the NHL players, and this has been well documented, certainly are uh, there are a lot of really good guys. There's a lot of characters in the game. And the last one, the biggest positive for the state of the NHL is the playoffs. I mean, what is better than the Stanley Cup playoffs? If you can find it, let me know because I'm not buying it. The Stanley Cup playoffs are tremendous. An eight seed can win the cup. And it's not just saying, hey, an eight seed can win the cup. Eight seeds have won the cup. And it could happen again this year. When the Flyers went to the Stanley Cup in 2010, they were a seven seed. And the ironic thing is in the conference final round when they took on the Montreal Canadiens, they had home ice as the seven seed to go to the Stanley Cup. And they did, eventually losing in six to the Chicago Blackhawks. So when you talk about the state of the NHL, the state of the sport, the growth in women's hockey has been off the charts. There are more girls' programs, youth programs popping up everywhere. Um, the job that Team USA, USA Hockey, and Hockey Canada have done in growing the women's game is tremendous. Youth hockey is on the, a huge rise right now, and that only means good things for the NHL. Plus, you see players coming from areas like Arizona and Austin Matthews. Players coming out of Florida. Shane Gostisbehere comes out of Florida. Um, all over the country, you see players coming from now. And that's a great thing for the growth of the game as well. So when I talk about the state of the NHL right now as a state of the union type thing, I think that the game is in a really good place. Is it perfect? No. Should players be going to the Olympics every four years? I think they should. I think if you're going to put the best-on-best best tournament, they should go to the Olympics. Others say no, but that's where I see it right now. And again, if you have some opinions on that, hit me up on Twitter at Jason Mert. Now, the Flyers will be back in action coming up on Thursday. Take on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, it'll be at the Wells Fargo Center. Flyers looking for two more points here as this race is just so tight. This is like watching the playoffs every night now just to get to the playoffs. Um, so New Jersey on Thursday. Then the Flyers are going to go to D.C. and take on the Caps on Saturday night. Then they'll return home. And how about this schedule? This is unbelievable what they have coming up. So Saturday, Washington on the road. Then they come home to take on Florida, who's in this playoff mix, wild card mix. Then they go to the Islanders, who they're battling with. They go down to Florida to take on the Panthers there on Thursday the 13th. And then they go to Tampa Bay. Uh, to wrap up that three-game road trip. Then they return home on February 18th to take on the aforementioned and the team that's running hot right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it's a home-and-home with Columbus on the 18th and 20th. So when you look at that, I like to break the schedule up into sections and clumps. That section or clump or whatever you want to call it, Washington, Florida, Islanders, Florida, Tampa, Columbus, Columbus. That is going to determine a ton for who gets into the postseason and who does not coming down the stretch here in the 2019-2020 NHL season. Everybody, that is Flyers Daily episode number nine. By the way, Flyers Fix is going to be coming up uh, episode two in a couple of days. Let me just tell you that we have some great guests for it. Uh, Flyers captain Claude Giroux is going to join us. Michael Raffle is going to join us for that episode. I believe the two will be together. And for those that don't know, Michael Raffle is an absolute riot. Also, we're going to have the head coach. Yes, indeed. Elaine Vigneault will join us on episode two of Flyers Fix with myself, with Brian Smith, and much more. So 
Uh, when that comes out, we'll give you all the details on it. But everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. We always appreciate it. Again, subscribe, leave us, leave us a rating and review. And I love that you're listening. You people are far, far too kind. Enjoy your hockey, everyone. My shadow. My shadow.